1: Hello, everybody, and welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls, the capable one. And in an exciting development, I was worried he might have forgotten after coming in on his usual Monday appearance. But pulling double duty by popular demand... Filling in for both Bill Cam- Bill Cameron's in Nashville. he He's not going to be here the rest of the week. He'll be back on Monday to tell us all about his, his time up there in Tennessee. Justin Ferguson is taking a couple of days off. Usually you can hear Justin on Thursdays here on the drive from the Auburn Reserver. But I am not going in alone because I've got the incomparable Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com joining us on a Thursday in the Braves' red to, uh, to, to commemorate the occasion and it 's great to uh, it 's great to see you brian as always
2: yeah it 's good to be here so, Doubling so
1: up let 's take some let 's take care of some business uh, our number one of the drive brought to you by uh, the, uh, the the fine folks at Kia of auburn and Kia of auburn dot com Kia of auburn where you 're always number one. they sponsor the hotline, which you can uh, use to join us at three three four three two one thirteen ninety and we are we are giving something away in our number one of the show. So file that phone number away, 334-321-1390. We also uh, have the text box uh, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, 334-564-1840. You can reach us via text uh, and they uh, sponsor the podcast as well. Southeastern Industrial Contractors allows us to uh, present the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron or use ESPNAU.com or RadioAlabama.net. Brian Matthews, uh, we have uh, we talked to you earlier this week, and, and that was a great show, and people should check out that podcast from Monday. And I don't want to repeat too much of what we talked about, but uh, you know, it's, it does feel like Auburn is in a... A, a somewhat similar position in both football and men 's basketball, there are developments i mean there 's the possibility of developments at any time uh, and and Auburn is uh, recruiting they 're in the mix for different players in both basketball and football and and they 're also waiting to see what players in their own roster do because the portal yeah. is open so first things first brian it 's great to see you. how you 're doing. Tell everyone because I don't want to rush you on this one. Sometimes at the end of segments or at the end of the hour, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you to, to briefly tell everyone about the fine work you and the rest of the gang are doing at AuburnSports.com. Well,
2: I appreciate that. And we are trying to cover football and basketball recruiting right now and portaling, as, as we call it. And um, keeping up with baseball and softball, there's a huge series this weekend at Plainsman Park. Um, you know, two teams coming in with five and ten conference records. One team's going to come out feeling a little bit better about their chances. Another is going to be in a... We're in a tough, tough situation, so um, we'll see how that goes for Auburn, and um, you know anything else that might pop up here in the coming days.
1: What do you know about the opponent? What do you know about the Mississippi State team that, that Auburn's going to uh, uh, to face? Because I know they've, they they started conference uh, with, with, um, with with some struggles, but they've improved of late.
2: Yeah, I would say that um, they were the worst team in the SEC through the first four weeks of the season. Or so, um, but they have won two of the last three or, or two straight um, conference series against Alabama, at Alabama, and then at home against uh, Old Mess, where they broke the record for the largest crowd for a uh, college baseball game on uh, last Saturday. Um, so they've struggled in the pitching department, just like Auburn, but they have got a couple guys back. Uh, they've struggled defensively, which Auburn has been pretty solid defensively. But Mississippi State has been a better hitting team than Auburn for most of the season, so it's going to be a really interesting, I would imagine, fairly close series that's going to hang on a few plays here and there.
1: Uh, Jason Caldwell yesterday thought that Auburn needed to get to thirteen conference wins uh, to feel good about their postseason uh, position. They're five and ten at the moment. They just lost series against uh, Texas A and M and Alabama, who are you know I, I don't think either of those teams are in the uh, in the top half. Of the league at the moment. Mississippi State's probably not a top half of the league team either. I would call this a must win series, Brian, because if if Auburn comes out of this series, you know, you drop two or three to Mississippi State this weekend, and the path to 13 conference wins is tough. Is really tough, and I know you know that if I mean we could be talking about the difference between winning winning one or winning two, but every single conference win matters now, and this is a series where the matchups are a little bit more favorable for Auburn than they could be down the road against some of the other teams that are coming up on the schedule so this is a pivotal uh, we, we said. Before the A and M series, that the next nine conference games were a pivotal stretch for Auburn. Yeah, and they've lost two or three. That's In right. North, I mean, right. they're they're two and four, six games into that nine game stretch. So uh, this this is you know it it could you can you you can either stop water from getting on the boat right now <laughs> or or you can. Get a great view of the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, like those are those are two options right now for the team facing. And, and we're going to talk with Justin Kirby on Monday about uh, however the Mississippi State series goes. But but yeah, I'm looking forward to. This there's a big series at home for this Auburn baseball team. Cliche in sports, but it's gut check time in, in this season. I mean, th- this is a series that will play a big role in either turning the season around or. Uh, it, it could be the start of a very long second half of the season for the year, for, for, yeah. for the Tigers. I
2: mean, the good news is three of Auburn's final five series are at home. That's a positive. Um, Joseph Gonzalez is getting closer, it appears, to returning. As long as there's not another setback, he's going to throw into a mitt for the first time um, today, and has a few more steps he's got to take. But he, if he continues to feel good and doesn't have a setback. Um, with his back-slash-shoulder injury, he could return for South Carolina Series next weekend, or possibly the following weekend. Um, The tougher news is that when you look at the finish Auburn has after-state, you've got at South Carolina, which I believe still leads the country in home runs. You're hosting LSU, which is, I believe, still the number one team in the country, and very, very good. Um, Then you're at Ole Miss, I, I
1: have to see the game with the Air Force transfer yeah. at, at LSU. Like that, yeah. that, that I mean, I one hundred. I, I was talking with our Ticket Connect, uh, yeah. you know, about that, and I was like, I, I rarely, I rarely insist on taking a ticket or two for myself. But when you got, when you got a kid like Polskins you know, out there throwing, yeah. th- he's he's throwing over, he's throwing triple digits, yep. uh, and he's, he's doing it late into games, not doing, just
2: in the first couple of games.
1: Yeah, he's he's going well into games throwing triple digits, and he's. If he were just a hitter, like there, there are those who think that he could be yeah. a, a draftable prospect just just for his bat. So this yeah. is a this is a fascinating guy and someone that I want to see. Uh, I want to see in, in, in action against Auburn in just a couple of weeks. That's graduation weekend, Cinco de Mayo weekend, and the Kentucky Derby all going on wow. on that on that weekend uh-huh. when LSU comes to town for in, in two weeks.
2: Yep, and uh, Auburn finishes at Ole Miss, which is a team that's not playing well right now. And they host Missouri, which is another team that they have the potential to beat. So the opportunity is there, right? You know, LSU, of course, will be a tough series, but you get them at home.
1: Um, just you don't want to go into the LSU or South Carolina games as, like, must-win series. No, you don't. Like, you don't want, you don't want right. to be in a position where it's like, oh, well, our, our postseason hinges on winning two of three against LSU or South Carolina because because the team didn't do enough against A&M or Alabama or Mississippi State. And that's right. that's why this series seems yeah. like an opportunity. To echo your good news, Tommy Vale was uh, that was probably as good as any Auburn yeah. starter has been in conference yep. in, in a game this year. If Auburn can get Tommy Vale and Joseph Gonzalez together, suddenly the uh, you know the the path to twenty nine or twenty uh, seven innings. Right becomes a little bit over the course of a weekend becomes easier to envision. So right. no, it's it's a big. Uh, hopefully, weather uh, cooperates and uh, Auburn and Mississippi State uh, go go at it in. And I'll tell you what, Brian, I've got a pair of tickets to anyone right. anyone who wants them. Next caller three three four three two one thirteen ninety. These are Friday. Uh, these are no. Hold on. Do I have? Here's Friday. You ha Do we still have the? Okay, we do have a pair of Fridays. Yes. All right, I got to tell you what, I got a pair of Fridays and I got a pair of Saturdays. So if you want, uh, let's find it. We got a caller right now. Let's find out what the let's find out what that caller wants. We got a couple of tickets to the series this weekend, and uh, and yeah, I really want to see what uh really want to see how things shake out with Auburn and Mississippi State. When's the uh? We, it's a, it's Friday, Saturday. It's a Thursday, uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? All right. This uh, Brian, it's a it's a Friday, it's a Friday, it's a Friday it Saturday, Sunday, sir. Yes. Yes. So it's uh yeah, I want to see uh. And we've we've got, let's see here we've got uh, we've got some yeah some tickets to to give away so yeah big series uh, coming up and that's not the only baseball not the only thing going on in, in the uh, in the Auburn area uh, right now and uh, what's a, I know Bark, the park was going on we haven't given softball enough attention I think now now the season's uh, in going into uh, it, it's uh, it's the the home stretch there yeah. for softball they're a top twenty five program Mickey Dean's got uh, his team playing uh, really really well and they had a nice crowd last night for a Bark at the Park uh, from, yeah. from what I understand took two out
2: of three against LSU last weekend um, B Jacksonville State I think it was 3 nothing last night with a lot of doggies um, in attendance and then um they go to Alabama this weekend, which is a really big series for them, and it's a great matchup of how would you feel uh, about the dogs, in the
1: dogs? always being welcome at weekday games. No, I think dogs should be welcome yeah. everywhere at all times. Dogs welcome all yes. the time. You know, I think as long as they have responsible owners. Yeah, so. responsible owners, leashed dogs. You know, I think I. I mean, I don't want to take the specialness away from bark at the park, but. I mean, why? Why should it be yes. one, a one? I mean, why should that be a special occasion? Why should? Why shouldn't we always say, "Hey, bring your dog"? If the dog's gonna, the dog's gonna behave, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. And you know, and I think, uh, I think folks would get a, I think folks would get a kick out of that too. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. Drew, update me on the ticket situation if you can. I know you're writing stuff both down over Friday, there. Both Fridays, however, Okay, so someone has called quite- in. Uh can you give me some names? Here we've got uh, Shane and Matthew. Shane and Matthew won the tickets for Friday and Saturday. So we've given away uh we've given away all the all the Friday tickets we have and I think we've given away one pair of Saturday tickets but is that is that what you've got over there? Have another Friday. You have you have another okay so hold on so we'll we'll, we'll sort this out during the commercial break but for, congratulations to Shane and Matthew they've won the tickets we might give some more away later on in the show today might give some away uh, tomorrow as well but we'll tell you what we're gonna do we're gonna talk some more uh, about the uh, we'll talk about the portal a little bit go some, do some portaling with uh, Brian Matthews from homersports.com. Right. when we come back you are listening to the Thursday edition of the Drive.
0: Uh, Yes, we do have availability. Those dates for how many guests? Andrea's Boutique Hotel is the destination to tie the knot. Oh, you want the whole property. She needs an assistant to catch the bookings bouquets.
3: 249 guests,
0: huh? Oh, and three dogs. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match
3: your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023 Bank of America N.A.
0: The drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email thedrive at
1: ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hour number one of the Thursday Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com hanging out with us. Drew, the capable one at the controls, as always, uh, do, doing a great job. And uh, congratulations to was it Shane and Matthew. Right, they won our. Uh, they each won a pair of tickets to Auburn baseball this weekend. Uh, that is, uh, it's not the last pair we've got. It's The last pair we're giving away right now. So we'll do another one before the end of the show. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do: we'll give away another pair of Friday tickets and another pair of Saturday tickets before the end of the show. Don't call in quite yet, because there's uh, uh, some uh, you know there's some some, some other stuff to uh, talk about at the moment. Talk a little baseball there in the last segment, Brian. Let's. Uh, Let's move to basketball, because Auburn, uh, Auburn has had uh, some news of late with Jani Broom and Jalen Williams, both announcing that they will explore the N- the NBA draft while retaining their current yeah. college eligibility. How... Serious is the danger, do you think, that, that Auburn could lose either Jalen Williams or Janai Broom, uh, g- guys that we've been sort of talking about as centerpieces of next year's team uh, throughout the uh, the last few weeks? Oh, I don't think either is serious about being drafted
2: in the NBA you know, first or second round. I just don't think that's an option for either of those two guys right now, just my opinion. Um, I guess there is the um, possibility that maybe a, a foreign team, a, a team out of Europe or somewhere might throw some money at them and... Maybe they make the decision to go play over there. But I think the expectation is that both um, will return for next year. But, um, you know, there's no guarantees.
1: Right. And and we used to see, I've made this point a few times, but we used to see players make really questionable decisions about, right. especially in college basketball, right? You used to see players make really questionable decisions about whether or not to stay in college basketball or, or begin a professional career, and and leave a lot of eligibility on the table to scramble for a paycheck in any professional basketball situation not the NBA and not even necessarily minor league groups in America or the biggest minor league or, or the biggest the biggest professional leagues around the world you know it, that that was it it seems like that was one of the reasons why NIL came around was so players could stay in school and the financial burden wouldn't be as real because there were ways to earn money through yeah. your name image and likeness and I think for players who aren't surefire n b a players, we might see guys have longer college basketball careers, which I think would be pretty cool because that was i mean remember how remember how rare it was to see a senior you know nice. a decade ago or fifteen years ago in the in the, the the especially especially when high school players could declare like it was i mean there it was you know now I think we could see guys have three four year basketball yeah. careers on contenders if they aren't going to be you know likely draft picks you know following the season and Jani and Jalen uh, I'd love to see both of them build on what they did this past year especially Jani in his first year of SEC basketball I just think if he if he takes what the NBA tells him and he applies it to his game over the next few months with the I mean he he improved. Over the course of conference play, especially offensively, and to see what Janai could turn into, especially with a different group around him uh, and, and a, another season of, of of seasoning in the uh, in, in the Bruce Pearl system, I I'd, I'd love to see it.
2: Yeah, uh, and I think um, you know he is a guy that um, if he can become a, more of a stretch five, can be a really dangerous option in Auburn's offense, and maybe that can help them help him when it comes to uh, playing professionally. So you know, I think going through this process is a positive for these players. They get to experience it, they get to to work with professionals, you know, um, and evaluating and such, and they get a better idea of where they stand and what they need to do. So uh, there's a lot of positives, and it's, it's good that they're allowed to go through this process and not lose their eligibility. So
1: what's the um, what's the latest on Alan Flanagan? If if there if there's been anything, because I'm I'm expecting an announcement of some kind. I've mentioned that the The deadline for... now here's But Alan Flanagan's in a gray area there, too. Because the deadline for players with college eligibility remaining to declare for the NBA draft is coming up. I think it's in the next three or four days. Uh, But Alan Flanagan is technically a senior with a COVID year remaining. I don't know if he needs to declare for the NBA draft or if he is just in the NBA draft and he can elect to get out of the NBA draft and go to and utilize his his extra year. I I don't know the rules there. I've been expecting an announcement for the better part of three weeks Hmm. regarding, not not that I know what Alan Flanagan's going to do, because I genuinely don't, uh, but what he wants to do next, whether it's play at Auburn, play college basketball somewhere else, or declare for the NBA draft and begin a professional career. He has options, and it does seem like... It's a, it's a pretty big, whatever he decides is a pretty big development for Auburn basketball because if he's back, you expect him to be playing a healthy number of minutes as the three for next year's team. If he's gone, uh, I don't know if Auburn has players on the roster right now that they view as, you know, options to play a lot of minutes at the three. And I think based on uh, who we've seen Auburn recruiting, uh, w- one would think that maybe they're making preparations not to have Alan Flanagan on next year's team. I, I don't know, uh, but I am surprised that it is uh, the twentieth, and we are uh, we are we are absent an announcement yet regarding Alan Flanagan's status.
2: I'm a little surprised that he hasn't said anything publicly about it, or, or, or you know, made a decision or announced his plans yet. But I do think it's fair to say that um, a lot of people aren't expecting him back uh, at Auburn, whatever he decides to do. But you know that may change. I'm not saying that as a def- definitive and, statement,
1: and I'm not trying to run Alan Flanagan Mm-mm. off either, because I I I truly believe that Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, Janiah Broom is a really intriguing starting five in the SEC, and that's without knowing what Aiden Holloway is and knowing that D- that Denver Jones is coming in as a uh, as as a uh, you know a, a Mid-major guard who was highly success- successful, but those those numbers may not translate. You know, there's an exchange rate when a guy jumps into the SEC. So, but I, I'm, you know, I, I think that Auburn, and then if Auburn, let's let's explore the other side of that, which is if Alan Flanagan leaves. Auburn has been rumored to be targeting uh, Matthew Cleveland, the Florida State uh, transfer who was in the portal, the Atlanta player who was a, a very big deal uh, coming out of high school. Devin Cambridge has been rumored uh, to be, uh, I, th- I think even there's, there's talk that Devin Cambridge might be visiting uh, this weekend. And I think there's another one. The, the, uh, well, Chaney Johnson. Chaney Johnson from, from Hunts, Alabama
2: Huntsville. 6'7 wing, yep. He's here right now um, on an official visit. He would really fit that three profile, I think. A guy who's got a lot of length and athleticism. Can probably play the two or the three. Um, and is just a really talented player. Um, could be a great addition and, and could fill a, a big role uh, on that wing.
1: Cleveland sounds like he's as hot a commodity as there is in the portal right now, based on the schools yeah. after him. I, I was, uh, you know, I was optimistic at first, but the more schools that pile in, it's you know, it, it, you can you can feel good about Auburn's chances. Auburn's probably in the tier of schools that he could seriously he, he could he could seriously choose. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just you know, I, maybe 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 I'm traumatized, Brian, but. <laughs> When I see that Carolina's after a player, right? It just it just feels like that's trouble. You know, if you're if you're recruiting a basketball player, and so is North Carolina, uh, you know, you, you might get him. You know, yeah. you, I mean Auburn, Auburn and North Carolina. When Walker Kessler was in the portal, the second time, uh, the, you know, the second time he had to make a choice. The first time he out of high school, he chose Carolina, but when he was in the portal after his first season at Carolina, uh, Hubert Davis was trying to trying to lure him back. And Bruce Pearl was trying to get him to come to Auburn, and, mm-hmm. and he ended up choosing Auburn. So, so, guys have picked Auburn over Carolina before yeah. in basketball. That that's maybe the only example I can think <laughs> of in the history of Auburn basketball of that happening. But you know, so so we'll we'll see if uh, if, if Auburn can uh, can land Matthew Cleveland, who a lot of people think is just you know, primed to explode at, at his next school. In, in college basketball, what would you think of a Devin Cambridge uh, reunion? Because he had a uh, he had an interesting season at. At Arizona State, uh, you know, double double digit scorer, and, and got to play with his brother, and, and make make the NCAA tournament. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I wonder if Auburn it, it wouldn't it wouldn't exclusively be Devin Cambridge at the three, you know, or even or even I, I wonder if the plan would be for Devin Cambridge to play uh, heavy minutes of the three, or or if they would uh, if if they would continue looking uh, beyond. But but he's he's polished his game since leaving Auburn. He has to an extent,
2: but um, you know, I just. I think if I brought him back, it would be as a you know a backup three or a 6 man or something like that. Is that something he wants? I I, I don't know how how that would work. Out and he also. would be a,
1: he would be an excellent you know it, it, for for a team that feels really good about its starting five having Devin Cambridge in the in the arsenal of weapons you can bring in off the bench. You know he he can be a, a, a useful defender. He's an excellent energy guy. Um, I think there's we we've seen Bruce Pearl have success with Devin Cambridge-type players coming off the bench, right? Malik sort of had a, a similar profile to an extent and, and was a, a useful part of, of some Bruce Pearl team. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what both Chaney Johnson and Devin Cambridge do. Those feel, like, um, th- those, those feel like safer picks for Auburn just based on the rumors of who else is after them than... Matthew Cleveland, who there appears to be a, a great deal of interest in from all, from all corners in college basketball in the portal.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, I think Auburn's going to be busy throughout this summer portaling uh, basketball-wise, trying to fill out this roster, trying to make the right moves. Um, I, I don't think they've, you know, waiting for kids to make decisions, making sure that John I and, and Jalen are coming back and for sure that, you know, um, Flanagan might be leaving, so I still think there's a lot to happen with this roster for next
1: year. So assuming that, assuming that Jalen and Jani are coming back, which I understand is a, a bold assumption at the moment because they're both in the draft, but assuming Jalen and Jani are coming back, assuming Allen's leaving, if Auburn goes and gets two players that are... In addition well, if, to what they've got already? Yeah, if, 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 yeah if, the, if the only player who leaves from the current roster is Allen, you keep the rest of the roster as it right now, you lose Alan Flanagan. I would imagine Auburn would want two players capable of playing the three, right? And then they might be done because the front court is Jalen Janai. You've got Dylan Cardwell coming back. You've got Chris Moore, who played the four last year and saw minutes towards the end of the season. And I, I wonder if, if, uh, if you know, depending on who you bring in at the three. But those, you know, those are four guys that can play the the four and the five, and and I wonder how many more minutes there would be out there, uh, unless unless Chris Moore or Dylan Cardwell aren't in the plans. The I producer, think
2: you know what I mean. So, I, I think they would love to bring in a backup four and or five who could offer a little bit more than what they're getting right now. But that's hard to um, land that right because guys going in the portal want to go somewhere and start and play more. A lot of times they don't want to come to some school and be a backup.
1: So and I, I don't know. That's, and then, it, and a, then at guard, you you I mean if you have. Holloway and Denver Jones and Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much more there is to find out there because that feels like four guards that are going to play twenty minutes a game. Maybe, but if they could
2: find a two that could be a combo, buddy, and can shoot a three, yeah, uh, they, they shouldn't hesitate to bring him in.
1: Right, in I, my I, opinion, I, th- I think they'd, they'd love to. They'd love to keep looking, but I mean, it you know, feels like the minutes with with those four already there. Right. Um, the, you know the sales pitch as far as minutes is a tough one unless one of those four guys isn't, you know isn't isn't in the plans right. for, for next well, year. So that's
2: I mean they have choices to make right. They can be aggressive and just try to sign the best players possible, even if they're better than some players that are coming back, and maybe that hurts them if a player le- leaves. But are they making Auburn better that way? Or they can play where we're, we're going to try to find somebody to fit into this one little slot if we can, to help us be a backup and see if that works or not and and cross our fingers that guys will come back I, I you know i don't know I don't, we've seen we've seen bruce
1: better. we've seen bruce and his staff add players and and correspondingly you've seen players decide to yeah. leave or not come to auburn and and you know i think the coaching staff knew that was a possibility when they made the move in yeah. the first place you know they're aware of the chessboard and and how you know one move can set up a lot of other ones. Well, they got
2: destroyed on the perimeter this year. Destroyed. They. they Denver Jones is a great pickup, but they need more than him on the perimeter. They need to make, you know, they need to bring in more.
1: 334-321-1390, three, 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 one, the number to dial. That's Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. I'm Dan Peck. Drew at the controls. We'll be back. You're listening to The Drive. Hour number one of the Thursday edition of the Drive. Got to think about the day because we've had different people coming in. The, we, we, the schedule has been off, and also I usually let Bill tell people which day it is. So I mean that's a uh, it's it's, a, it's been a, a change for me. Hope Bill's enjoying Nashville. We'll hear about that on Monday uh, when he is back. But Brian Matthews from Sports dot com is hanging out with us. Just talked some basketball recruiting in the previous segment. You should uh, check out the podcast if you get. The chance and, and Brian, I think they're towards the end making the point that Auburn uh, needs to uh, you know Auburn needs to keep looking in the in the portal as as I mean the way the way it seems at the moment, and I don't want to I don't want to shortchange any coaches in the SEC because Buzz Williams is doing a good job at A and M, and Dennis Gates showed up at Missouri and and did some remarkable things with a you know, sort of a patchwork roster that he assembled on the fly from. Different mid-major programs and things, but but at the moment in the conference, you got five coaches where I think the expectation is in inside the program, outside the program, the expectation appears to be every year this coach can field a roster that can compete for the SEC championship and make a run in the NCAA tournament. And Bruce Pearl is on that list. Bruce Pearl, John Calipari, Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, and I, I would say. Uh, at, at Tennessee Rick Barnes right. like that, that those are those are the five that that are you know they've they've ascended to that level that's the top tier at the moment it's just a question of maintaining that and you see i mean when, when some of those other coaches I just named brian i mean they've they've brought i mean Eric Musselman has <laughs> what a job he's been able yeah. to do you know with that with that death star of a recruiting operation they 've got at Arkansas. I did not want to see. Uh, I, I did not want to see the kid from uh, from Houston in in the SEC right. uh, next year. The one yeah. the one that absolutely torched Auburn in the uh, in, in the second half of uh, of that basketball game, and, and yet here we are with uh, uh, w- with him making the uh, making the jump to Arkansas. Let's move to um move to football for, for a second because we've had a couple of couple of announcements in the portal in the last week or so. Uh, Jeffrey Baugh, Chick Dawson, Powell Gordon, uh, going into the portal from Auburn. I am we didn't know what to expect from this 15-day portal window. Uh, I thought that if there was if there was anywhere that was going to lose a great deal of players, my thinking was it could be a school with a first-year head coach because you would have players that were on the fence about how spring practice was going to go and then they decided at the end of spring practice, okay, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and 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 leave after, after getting a taste of what this new coach wants. Haven't really seen an exodus of players at Auburn. or I mean, I know Colorado's had a couple of players jump into the portal. Like There are a couple of places with first-year head coaches. But for the most part, this, this week or so has been a lot less active than that first week the portal was open after the season ended. And I think that shows the importance of being enrolled at a school in January if you want to be on the field. This fall and go, and going through spring practice and winning your position battle uh, as early as you can uh, and so yeah I, I think that players especially players worried about playing time I wonder if they're reluctant to jump in the portal because you're probably not going to go somewhere else and un- unless you're willing to drop down a level and and lower your standards as far as where you can play uh, or there's a situation where a program is desperate for a player like you. Uh, it's it's tough if you're in search of more playing time this fall. It's tough to switch schools now and find a situation where you're going to get more playing time this fall. Well, with, uh, with, that, I know with, there's
2: one just just uh, down the street from us. I I offer some playing time.
1: Oh sure, but I mean there's there are there are exceptions. You know what I mean? Like there are uh, there there are schools that that are looking for playing time at different positions and things. But I mean it, it's not. Were you expecting a great deal of movement in the spring portal window? Like, were you were you thinking it'd be busier than it's been the last week or so? Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. definitely expecting it to be
2: busier than it has been. I, I wasn't sure if it would be blowing up or it would just be, you know, a, a fair good amount of players. And it's not even that yet to me. I mean, Auburn's offered. Two or three guys, a couple offensive linemen the, and maybe a, 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 a you know an outside linebacker. does
1: that say something about the importance of being at a school in January if you want to be on the field this fall that, that we're not seeing we saw so much movement in December, and now it's relatively calm because if you were going to make a move, you moved in December because that's how you get on the field. This fall is by is by getting to your new school as early as possible
2: yeah I think that that 's a part of it yeah uh, I, I I really don 't have a great explanation for it i just 'm I'm, I'm a little surprised that more players um, after they go through spring uh, haven 't hopped in there you know looking for better opportunities you know but uh, we 'll see there 's still a week to go uh, well, a little bit more than a week, and you 've got i think fifteen spring games this weekend I think that 's right so they're, they're power five spring games, so no it 's twenty two this weekend so uh there could be some movement next week we'll see auburn obviously still wants to find that quarterback could use a wide receiver or two a pass rusher defensive end type and if, and they've offered you know a couple of interior offensive linemen so we'll see
1: is the I, I know there's a is there another offensive lineman from tulsa i believe there have been reports about that that, that there's a yeah. which jaden you
2: know, is from tulsa they offered him
1: yeah and and he's a uh, he's he's a former player for Phil montgomery right. the new the new offensive coordinator uh, for Auburn, so it would make sense uh, for a reunion there, and we saw Dylan Wade, uh, Auburn's new uh, tackle uh, from Tulsa, yeah. uh, who, who entered the portal, uh, decided to uh, to come play uh, for for Philip Montgomery at Auburn. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting, and that would, I mean, I believe Muskrat's played mostly at tackle in his college football career, uh, but he also, I mean, we, we see tackles move inside right. Right? if if you know teams need help at guard, and there's worse things than having a guard who has experience at tackle who's moved inside because you have solid options at tackle. So that that's a uh, yeah, I was going to ask if there have been, you know, what you know about the reports as far as who Auburn has been linked to uh, since the portal opened, but but it seems like that's, that's also yeah, I was going to say that that's been that's been quiet too. And we haven't really seen unless unless there's somebody I missed. I know the old Dominion quarterback went in, but I don't think there's been a quarterback with a ton of Power 5 playing experience Mm-mm. that has jumped into the portal since things opened uh, on, on Saturday. Or maybe a highly
2: recruited guy that's just you know, finished second in a, a race like you kind of expected to happen. Um, that, just, that has not occurred yet, it might. Uh, the other thing there is um, you know, they don't have to necessarily get in the portal if they're going to be um, graduate transfers.
1: Well, there's so, yeah, there's a, f- a few things to point out. There's yes, you can graduate and make yourself eligible that way. There's also the the important note that we don't actually know who's in the portal and who isn't. Like for sure, there are media reports and things, but the portal is not public information. So these things could be in the portal and not and and just it, it hasn't it hadn't gotten out yet. Although ten, generally when there's in this day and age,
2: there aren't many. I don't think there's anybody there's, in the portal that that's yeah. somebody doesn't know about. Yeah. That,
1: well, that's the thing is it gets out either through the player making it known themselves to cull rumors, or uh, because someone sees it and lets lets it slip that so and so has decided to go into the portal. But yeah, we, we have not uh, we have not heard much about players, especially at the positions that we were talking about before the portal opened. You, I think you mentioned them: quarterback, receiver, edge rusher. Yeah. like we we have not seen, and I, and I think that's probably because, to our knowledge, nobody uh, with uh, no, nobody with uh, you know the, the the coaching staff views as serious help at, at any of those positions has gone into the portal yet.
2: Right. I mean, they did speak with Anthony Campbell from ULM. He's a pass rusher, um, but. He hasn't really, to this point in his career, you know, he's a big guy who can run. He hasn't really put up big numbers yet. So, you know, I don't know how far that's going to go. Um, he reported he had an offer. So, you know, there's interest there
1: for sure. Also, um, some uh, some movement on recruiting classes beyond 2023, right? Auburn uh, in, in the mix and, and trying to. I know that dead periods have ended for, nope. for 2024, 2025. And. Auburn uh, is, uh, is is trying to make some progress on future classes because those are, uh, I think it's either 24 or 25, probably both of them, are by Alabama standards very, very top heavy with college level talent. Like these are both, 24 and 25 both, both seem to have a, a great deal of promising recruits in its midst.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think twenty three was a terrific in state class, and I think twenty four and twenty five look pretty strong too. And uh, I think Auburn's doing a really good job there. They haven't, you know, picked up any commitments here lately, but um, they've uh, did a good they did a great job during the spring getting kids in for visits. Um, official visits will crank back up uh, next month. I think at the end of May. And uh, right now they're going to be going out on the road. Not as much this week because of the well. They were thinking the portal they'd be busy with, but um, much more in the coming weeks. Um, The full staff will be on the road a little little bit more.
1: 334-321-1390, the number to dial. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the Thursday edition of The Drive. Now, more of The Drive.
0: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back. Final segment of our number one here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio with Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com Brian, once again, tell everyone about the outstanding work that you and the rest of the team do at AuburnSports.com
2: I appreciate that, and We uh, work to cover recruiting and portaling and baseball, softball right now and everything else going on. I know the what is it called? Uh, coaches will be out on the road uh, Kentucky Derby Car- no. no, um uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, it's a bad guess. Uh,
2: Freeze and Pearl will be visiting Auburn clubs here next week, I think, over the coming couple of weeks. So we'll be out to talk to them for that, too. So,
1: N- Name some names. Who else is doing great work there There at AuburnSports.com? Oh, of course, like we got you. J.G. Tate running
2: the show. Um, Brian Stoltz with his um, coverage of just about everything in his columns. Uh, you know, every other day doing a great job. Caleb on recruiting and, and Henry, a very talented uh, intern for us.
1: Very cool. Yeah, everybody doing great work there at AuburnSports.com. Braves, you got the Braves shirt on there, uh, Brian. Uh, Braves oh, yeah. four, fourteen and five yeah. on the season, top record in the National League. Uh, looking, I mean, the Braves and the, the the Tampa Bay Rays have been a cut above just about everybody else in baseball through. I mean, the Rays with that thirteen and zero start, that amazing run they had to begin the season, and and the Braves have just. I mean, especially when you think about. It's not really firing on all cylinders yet. You know, the Braves had to deal with some pitching injuries. Freed uh, le- leaving the, the the opening day start. Atlanta still waiting on guys like Soroka. You know, we'll see if he he's back soon. Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, there, there's hope on the Kyle right. Just just came back. I think uh, recently enough. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a great start for the Atlanta Braves, who looked like one of the best teams in baseball going into. The season and yet, yeah to to this point they are uh, they're, they're the best team in the National League. What do you think, Brian? I'm excited and I'm also excited to go to my first uh,
2: game uh, at their new park uh, next month, about a month from today. So, oh, cool! What, do you, yeah. what
1: are you? Uh, who are you seeing? You, do you know? Do you know? Uh, do you know who they're playing?
2: Maybe the Marlins. Oh. I, I can look and see.
1: I have not been to. Uh, I have not been to Truest yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't I'm, been. I don't,
2: the, to me, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I just wanted to go and see a game there, right? So I've,
1: I've been to. I went to Fulton County Stadium. A yep. couple of times. Oh yeah, back, I've been to back, Fulton back, County back. for. Football. I've been to Fulton County a bunch of times. I, I grew up there. Yeah. I was at the uh, Fred McGriff uh, first Fred McGriff game when the stadium caught fire. Nice. Uh, that, that was a, uh, a, a. We were up there on a trip, nice. and it was my fir- that was my first ever game at, at Fulton County Stadium. Was they played they played the Cardinals and came back uh, late. We were all tired. And we left before the comeback because we had to wait <laughs> to get in. It was very hot and humid, and the stadium was on fire. So you know, I, I think it was, and we were and, and I was a kid. So you know, it was uh, we, we made the decision. I appreciate. It. Yeah. Sure, would have built some character if if you know we you yes. know, if, the, if the adults had made us uh, stick it out. But no, I'm, I'm grateful that we were able to uh, uh, to to go home there. I, I went to Turner Field a couple of times. They've turned uh, yep, been there. Mm-hmm. They've turned to turn. They've turned Turner Field into Georgia State's football stadium. That's right. And it was originally the Olympic stadium. So Jordan, that's, that's right. And and Georgia State has built a basketball arena very close to. Uh, the field formerly known as Turner Field, uh, Georgia. I forget if Georgia State's. I forget if there's a brand name on Georgia State's football uh, stadium, or if it's uh, just like the the GSU Stadium or something. But uh, they they built a they built an arena. Georgia State did next to the football stadium, and Auburn basketball will go there nice. uh, next year. That's that's going to be the, the second year of its existence. Auburn basketball will play, or at least it was announced. I, I don't think we have a. I don't think we actually have a basketball schedule yet for this upcoming year, but it was announced last year that as part of the, uh, as part of the, either it was announced that just Auburn was going to do that as their their Atlanta trip, or uh, maybe there was multiple games announced with Georgia State. But for folks who like going to see Auburn in Atlanta, uh, you you can go check out Georgia State's new arena because Auburn's going to go take a, uh, uh, take take a road game up there. Uh, next year. Looking forward to, uh, to seeing him up there. But that's, it's, uh, the, it's the Mariners I'm seeing play. So. Oh, very good. cool. Yep. Understandable. Yeah, M team. Uh, and, and speaking of the National League and the, and the Braves, the Braves just won that series against uh, San Diego. Almost uh, swept him. <laughs> and if you're, if you're looking for something to get into baseball-wise, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back tonight for the Padres, and this guy is sensational. He is, I mean, in an era where we've got Trout, And we've got Otani, and we've got Judge. You know, we've got these exciting superstars in their primes. This is a this is a twenty three year old who now he's got some. uh, You know, he's he's uh, he's a character uh, is is how one way I would describe uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, he's colorful, um, but he's also a guy who could you know he could hit fifty home runs you know any any season and and maybe steal a ton of bases too. Like this, this is. I mean, he's reminiscent talent-wise of a 23-year-old A-Rod. Like it's it's that kind of it's that kind of ability, and uh, yeah, I just I mean, he's uh, it's it's a it's a huge addition to San Diego, and I think really good for baseball that, that he's back in the uh, in, in the lineup, and hopefully he's sorted out everything. I don't just say this is someone who hasn't been fantasy leagues. I, I hopefully he can sort out everything that's kept him off the field uh, at times the last the last few seasons. Uh, you know, some of it's. Uh, I know there was a performance enhancing drug suspension among other things you know injuries and what have you I think one of the injuries was from some motorcycle crash I mean so there's you know it's uh, there's there's some risky business in there too but if he can he can sort all that out you know he he could become one of the players of his era and I really hope uh, I really hope he gets to fulfill that potential this last one
2: was a performance en- dr- yes, enhancing drugs 80, 80
1: game suspension for a performance enhancing drug uh, uh and he was. I think he was. He was going to. Was he going to try? What was the story there, Drew? Was he going to try to come back and play? And then the the injury happened or something like. I forget. Forget how it went down. But he uh, was. He missed. He missed. He was suspended for some of that. Uh, for for some of it with injury. But he's he's missing the first twenty games of of this season as well. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a PED suspension. I believe he. I don't know if he. I don't know how much he accepts, as far as if it was. You know, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if we got a confession. I think it was more uh, sort of questionable as to how how'd that get there. Sort of situation there with uh, uh, with with Fernando. But but it's great for him. But it's great for him to be back uh, uh, in, uh, in 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 baseball. And I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field tonight for the uh, for, for the Padres. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number. If you want to join in, anything you want to talk about sports wise, it's a uh, it's it's an interesting time for Auburn because I, I do feel like news could could come. Both football and basketball news, really, at any time. I mean, there could be news that an Auburn player has made a decision. There could be news that an Auburn player is, that, that somebody has decided to become an Auburn player. The portals are open. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit more with Brian in hour number two. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Thursday edition of The Drive.
0: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is Center. Sports
3: Sports. I'm Doug Brown. In the NBA playoffs tonight, Game 3, 76ers and Nets in Brooklyn. Coverage starts at 7 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. The Sixers are up two games to none. The Kings are up 2-0 against the Warriors with Game 3 in San Francisco tonight. No Draymond Green for Golden State as he serves a one-game suspension. ESPN's Brian Windhorst. This is like a golden opportunity for the Kings, and in a strange way... The pressure is on them a little bit. there will definitely be pressure on Damatis Sabonis. We know that every step he takes is going to be watched closely by the officials and definitely the crowd is going to be all over him. Brian Windhorst on Get Up. Also tonight, Game 3, Suns and Clippers in Los Angeles with the series tied. Kawhi Leonard out for the Clippers with a sprained right knee. The Diamondbacks designate lefty Madison Bumgarner for assignment. They'll have to pay $34 million, still on his contract. And the Oakland A's sign a deal to buy land in Las Vegas where they plan to build a new $1.5 billion ballpark.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE, because it probably can be.
1: Welcome back. Hour number two of the Thursday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck, Brian Matthews from Sports.com hanging out with us. Drew at the controls, the capable one. Drew is uh, going to be taking your calls and tell you what we might, might give away some baseball tickets in just a moment. You never know, but... We've got Auburn-Mississippi State coming up this weekend. Uh, we've big series. Big series for the Auburn baseball team. We talked a little bit about that in our number one with Brian. Also talked some football and basketball portaling news. Might uh, uh, get get in-depth on, on some of those subjects again as, the, as there's uh, more to discuss. So much going on right now. And, uh, and, and the, the the chance is there at any moment that something could could happen that changes the you know it's a very serious development at any time for uh, for for football and men's basketball both portals are open and uh, the NBA draft deadline is uh, is is Coming up very soon. The actual NFL draft is coming up in, in just uh, yeah, just one week from the uh, first round. We'll talk to Brian about that a little bit, too, if some Auburn sure. players are uh, are in the draft. Let's take care of some business, first and foremost. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You can call the show 334-564-1840. no. You can call the show 334-321-1390 on the Kia of Auburn hotline. You can text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text line presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. So Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com hanging out with us. And and as you mentioned, uh, Brian, the NFL draft a week from today, I'm not... It's you know, the NFL draft is such. It's such a crapshoot. It's such a roll of the dice that I don't really get into the game of. Oh well, I I know this guy's going to be a great pro, even though he's going later in the draft. I, right. I know, like I mean, no, nothing is for no, nothing is for sure, and I'm I am. I mean, there. You know, for for every one guy that I feel good about who ends up being a very successful NFL pro, I feel like there's 25 guys that I was like, "Hey, watch out for him," and then you watched you watched him, you know, not not have a career. So let's start with the Auburn okay. side of the NFL draft. Let's do it. You've got a couple of Auburn players that I think have a good shot of getting drafted. Not. In the first round, but early in the in the process, you know, first couple of rounds of the draft. Tank, Derek, Owen, Colby, uh, I, th- I think I think right on the fringe there. Um, might might be might be leaving somebody out, but I would imagine that's those probably, are, uh, probably a- Anders Carlson potentially. Although I think this last season made it tougher for Anders. I think I think the uh, the, the injury could be it's a little bit like Alan Flanagan, right? Where there, there was a time earlier yeah. in his career where I would say you know that there's a that that's a guy who's that's a guy who's looking like a draft pick, and now I think he's going to have to prove himself you know somewhere else to get that opportunity. But of those first couple of players, Tank, Owen, Derek, Colby. Do you have strong feelings about the pro prospects of any of them?
2: Uh, well, you know, to start out, I think Derek Hall would probably be the first guy off the board, and he's even been mentioned, uh, maybe not lately, but at times as a potential bottom of the first round guy. But most of the mocks that I looked at, and I, I did a story on this uh, for today, had him in the second or third round. Um, go, uh, you know, a week out. I personally think that Derek Hall is one of the best overall persons that I've covered in my 22 years as a student athlete, as a just a dude on and off the field, and as a great player. I, I feel bad that guys like him and Tank didn't get to play on some great teams because they were certainly good enough to do that. Colby um, was another guy who, who has got it done.
1: Derek bears very little of the responsibility as far as Auburn's win-loss record. No. These, these last
2: he did everything years. that yeah. was asking him and way more
1: and there have been auburn players in the past who who were you know just because if, if it was a, a relatively dry two or three year stretch you know i don't know if they're remembered they're, they're not celebrated the way the players from sec championship teams were celebrated but you know their contributions were no less meaningful and i think a guy like a guy like Derek hall primary example of that and you know I, I haven't been covering as many teams as you brian but he is one of the smartest people yeah. that you know I've, I've gotten to talk to in a uh, in, in that capacity uh, since I started doing this. And if that matters, you know what I mean? Like if 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 NFL teams care about beyond, and I think Derek can help you on the field too, but again, I don't know versus other guys at his position who are available in the draft, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. But if things like character and intelligence and being an ambassador for uh, your organization, you know, if, if those things are important, then they help Derek Hall because that 's a guy who has has all of that in, you know, in in full capacity
2: well i I think that Derek and Colby Wooden, to name two of them, are going to have long NFL careers. I think they 're both really talented. I think Colby Wooden's way underrated. I think he's a defensive tackle that can make plays in the backfield, and those are tough to find um, and I think both those guys have shown that they 're really tough. you know that they, they played a lot of games at auburn i don't remember them missing. Many at all with injuries you know
1: Colby I wonder if I wonder if there's position uncertainty with Colby at the NFL level like if if he's a little bit undersized to be a tackle if he's a little bit uh you know if if there's if, if he doesn't have some of the burst uh, on on the on the outside like i I agree with you like I think that's a guy who uh, should have a, a long football career and has certain qualities about him that are NFL caliber I just I wonder
2: um, he he may need to bulk up he was 278 at pro day 6'4 frame though very powerful kid played defensive end and tackle for Auburn was a guy in college that um, could be that just you know set the edge lock down defensive end and then on passing downs move inside and be a terrific pass rusher and you know, you throw so much in the NFL. You figure, you know, he puts on a little bit of weight, and he's a really good, solid, def- rotational defensive tackle. There, that can play a lot of, a lot of snaps and a lot of years for for the right team.
1: It seems like a guy you'd always want around, right? Like, as long as as long as he can help you physically. Right. I mean, no, I, I agree. Uh, Tank Bigsby, any any thoughts on? I mean, uh, it's I, just so it's so hard for running backs, right. but.
2: So I think Tank Bigsby is going to have a successful pro career, but I also know that running backs don't last long. So he needs to take advantage of whatever situation he gets in, and uh, hopefully have a good. You know a good few years and then get a good contract, and then you know get out while he 's still healthy you know that that would be like the fingers crossed let 's hope that happens for him. What I like the most about Tank Bisbee as a football player is just his ability to break tackles and um again I, I you know he played behind some horrible offensive lines and in some terrible offenses with some really terrible plans and coaches you know uh running the schemes and, and, and in charge so you know, who knows what he can do in the NFL, right? He, he may go there and be, you know, an all-pro. I, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. But um, I think he'd be very successful. Owen Popo is another guy that's um, being projected to be, you know, in the middle rounds, you know, fourth or fifth, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, I think he's obviously tested very well, right? He's an incredible athlete. I just think he needs to go to the right system where he fits in. You know, I, I think we saw it at Auburn. When he played in, in certain positions where he had to you know, play in the middle and, and um, try, to, you know, try to take on guards or, or whatever, he wasn't that effective. But when he was out in space and, and using his athleticism and attacking on scrimmage and doing a lot of those things, he was really effective. Um, so I, I think it's just a matter of him finding the right fit there. And um, certainly a guy that could help out on special teams with his athleticism too. Um, who was the other one? Oh, Echoliotta, again, a guy I think is really underrated. Coming off an injury... And so, you know, I that, wonder
1: if he's going to have to work his way out like beyond the draft. Possibly. I, I don't know I don't know how Echo is viewed. It's, I think the injury probably sets him back there because uh pre-injury uh was was probably looking like a a draft uh, a draftable prospect and now it might might have to might have to catch just with the with the sea of players trying to trying to get on I I wonder if the injury, you know, not, knocks him knocks him down a peg and and hurts his status. But he's a I mean yeah, no, I, I thought Echo made plays. I mean there were there were times, especially during his first year, where uh, he was he was Auburn's most potent uh, he was Auburn's most potent threat off the edge. Yeah. Uh, was a really good pass rusher, especially when you had him and Derek
2: all on the field together. It's really tough on, on teams to defend both those guys, I thought. So um, you know, we'll see. He's not a he's not a big guy like, you know, Derek can play at two seventy or maybe more. I think Echo's, you know, a two hundred fifty pound guy, so So we'll see. But yeah, like you said, if he doesn't get drafted, you know, he may have to work his way another way. But I still think he'll have a chance because he is a quality pass rusher.
1: We have, um, we're going to have all of the NFL draft on ESPN 106.7 next week. Uh, We're going to have a a short show on Friday as we kick things over. uh, Next Friday, we're going to have a short show as we kick things over to to the ESPN radio coverage of the NFL draft. And uh, looking like, uh, could be some very prominent SEC players taken early in this NFL draft, including uh, the betting markets like Bryce Young as the first overall pick uh, to Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you saw Bryce Young play a couple of times there. At uh, Alabama, you are a fan of another team in the NFC South. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think, if, if Bryce Young is the pick, what do you think of the decision by Carolina to, uh, to move up and take Bryce Young with the first overall pick? <sighs>
2: I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um... I like Bryce Young as a person, and I like him as just a dude that can sit back there and just completely pick you apart, right? But with Bryce, I have the same problem I have with Tua. They're small-frame guys, and those guys don't last that long. I mean, Tua almost had to give up football due to concussions last year. He came out and admitted that, right? And how much longer is he going to last? I don't, I don't know. And I'm not trying to, you know, say this in a negative manner toward them because they played at those school. I'm just saying I, I'm not sure in today's NFL, even with protected quarterbacks, um, those guys can last that long, so we'll we'll see. Um, but Bryce is extremely talented, uh, very accurate when he has time. So uh, yeah, he's going to go early, and you know we'll see how, how it works out for him.
1: Right, and then uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, the mm-hmm. the other quarterback that people have talked about, looking like C.J. Stroud could be the uh, the second overall yeah. pick.
2: They probably uh, going one two and to, the, in to some Houston, order. Yeah.
1: and then uh, then then the you know and, and it could. If, if those two aren't the first two picks, then it starts a little bit earlier. But if if those two are the first two picks off the board, then things start to get a little bit dicey. People aren't as sure who the third overall pick is. Anthony Richardson, the Florida Gators quarterback, has been talked about yeah. a lot as a top five pick. Yeah. I'm just... Um, you know, and, and I, I'm not sure it's going to fail or anything like that because um, maybe Anthony Richardson makes good on his potential. I was I was pretty lukewarm on... Uh, Josh Allen as a as a draft prospect and it's yeah. worked out for the Buffalo Bills. But to invest that kind of draft capital in Anthony Richardson, Brian. <laughs>
2: that's crazy, I think. I uh, just, okay, yeah. The quarterbacks just get overdrafted so much because teams are so desperate to get one, right? So they invest all this money and you know sometimes make these crazy trades for a guy that could end up being a complete bust after a couple of years, you know? I mean, how many great quarterbacks are in the NFL, or how many great quarterbacks have been picked in the last five to six drafts?
1: I mean, you gotta you you gotta justify your. Right. I mean, it, it's to to justify a top five pick, you got to be so great.
2: Yeah, you should be, but that's not the case because they keep taking good good quarterbacks in the top five and top ten.
1: Yeah, but but teams teams that are taking those kind of quarterbacks. And they're taking another quarterback a couple years later. I know, I right? Know. I mean, it's like, it I mean, you're not, yeah. I mean, if you're not taking like that, I guess that's what I mean. Forget about like what 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 you become as an all pro or Pro Bowl or anything like that. I think the expectation is okay. Well, you're going to be our guy for the next decade plus at the position. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you're going to be a cornerstone. Yeah. And I just would be. I mean, with with Bryce Young and with C.J. Stroud, I can absolutely see why someone would take those guys and believe we've got our guy for the next. Ten, twelve years, you know, maybe longer. Anthony Richardson, and for that matter, Will Levis. That that's your guy for the next for the next decade. Like, uh, you, I mean, cause, maybe, maybe Will maybe, Levis, but, maybe I, I don't know. But I would I, like to
2: like, take those guys later. But they, they just get you know pushed up so high on the board. It really, it's just just it
1: just which, kills things. Which makes me wonder: Are there quarterbacks roughly as good as Levis or Richardson that could be available later in this draft? I like Hendon Hooker. Another guy, maybe the injuries are scaring people off of, and I know it's, you know it was a, was some some of it people attribute to the the system, but I think Hendon Hooker in the right you know could can, can find uh, could be. You know, I, I don't know like that that would be the guy to me if you wanted to wait versus uh, rolling the dice on players like Will Levison and, and Anthony Richardson. I don't, I don't know three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial. We're going to take a break and come back with more. You're listening to the Drive. Let's get
0: back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at
1: espnau.com. I still got that toll free number in the uh, <laughs> my man, my man in the. <laughs> Anyways, 334-321-1390 is the number to dial. Dan Peck in the studio. This is The Drive. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Drew at the controls. Tell you what, Auburn baseball, big series against Mississippi State, three-game series Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I've got a pair of Friday tickets and a pair of Saturday tickets. Next person who wants them, 334-321-1390, one pair each. Uh, specify to Drew if you'd like Friday's pair or Saturday's pair but we've got a couple of pairs of tickets to uh, give away for Auburn Baseball against Mississippi State. Top of the show Brian and I were talking about uh, the significance of this series what has to go right for Auburn Baseball this weekend against Mississippi State, Brian?
2: Well, you look at the pitching, it got better last weekend at Alabama and Auburn had a chance to win all three games. Uh, What they didn't get done in the final two games that series, was they didn't, you know, hit with runners on. They didn't have the timely hits, you know. Um, I I just think that's an important thing this weekend. Offensively, they need to score, you know, seven or eight runs that they know that, right? They they can't depend on their pitchers to have three straight great starts or three straight great outings out of the bullpen. So, Um, and they've got to, you know, they don't need to be, they don't have... they don't need last weekend to be sort of a, okay, that was a great, a better weekend for, for um, pitching. They need to build on that. You know, it can't just be a, a one-time thing. They need to keep getting better there and, and finding answers to the main issues they've had all year, which is the starting pitching and then putting too much pressure on a bullpen that's not deep and, you know, not experienced and needed um, some time to develop. So uh, we'll see. There's there's reasons to be optimistic that the pitching is starting to come around and, if you can get Joseph Gonzalez back next weekend, that would be a big help, you know, going down the stretch of the season. Um, but uh, for this weekend, they need solid pitching, and they really, really need timely hitting offensively. Uh, the top five in the order need to play like they know how they can play, right?
1: You were here on Monday when we were talking to Justin Kirby, mm-hmm. and I mentioned to Justin, I've never seen – I I mean, I may, maybe I've seen it and I didn't file it, but I'm pretty sure I've never seen – Five inning ending double plays yeah. in one base yeah. by, by one team in one baseball. Yeah, Auburn five killed them. five different times in Saturday's game against Alabama, including correct me if I'm wrong. The last right? four innings. The final four yeah, the, the, the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth for Auburn all ended yeah. with double plays for uh, for for Alabama. And that's it's it's so frustrating because it I mean you can't you can't have a double play without getting a base runner on. First and foremost, all right, we have uh, we have someone who just won the Friday tickets. Is that right, Lawrence? Lawrence? Congratulations, Lawrence. Going to be sitting uh, in, uh, in in some pretty good seats there on the uh, on, on Friday's uh, game, Auburn and Mississippi State. No, l- last weekend, Brian, the uh, the the Saturday game with the double plays. Mm-hmm. It's so. I mean, that's it's and it's not. I mean, you want to change your approach, I suppose, but I mean, as as Justin said. Some of those were really hard hit balls that just happen to go right to defenders. I mean, it's it's baseball, and uh, it can, you know, if if one of those turns out differently, right? It could be a, it, it, it could be a big inning. Right? I mean, you get, you get things you get things rolling, you get a couple base runners on the way. This team can swing the bat. You know, you're you're right. three, three, you're in three run home run territory, right? I mean, any and a couple of different times. And instead, it's two outs and the end of the inning. Yep. And it's just... Uh, yeah. they, did, they did it twice in the last three innings on Sunday, too. When you place. when you talk about timely hitting, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's being able to come up big when you've got a chance to score, when you've got runners in scoring position.
2: And, and you know, here's the thing. We've talked about this lineup being one of the better lineups we've seen in Auburn in quite a while. Maybe even Butch Thompson's best lineup. Yet, saying that, in 15 SEC games, they're batting two thirty seven, which is 13th in the league. That's just not good enough, right? These guys need to be better than that, and I think they know that. I think the coaches know. That. I think everybody knows that. They've just got to really uh, start producing a little bit more consistently.
1: Yeah, in, in conference, there there has been. I mean, it, it's more it, it's more prevalent in the pitching, and yeah, and you can expect. I mean, Auburn started to play. Not not that Auburn's out of conference schedule was poor by by any means, but. Auburn started conference play with a couple of the best teams in the country, and you, you've seen a, a difference between Auburn's out of conference numbers in a couple of categories, and their in conference numbers. The, uh, the The walks by the pitching staff was one where it was you know that, I mean I think yeah, going into tough. going into last weekend, Auburn had issued thirty more walks in conference than they had drawn, yeah. and I mean that was that was before the the, the series against uh, Alabama. So I mean it's, it's a, cu- a couple of things that that need focus on. I mean. I I still think there's, there are dangerous bats in the lineup. You know, if Auburn can get, especially guys you would want up in a close game towards the end, uh, but it's, uh, it's just a matter of keeping the game close and, and finding a way to, uh, uh, to, to gain the lead or, or trim into the other team's lead because Auburn, yeah, it's, it's not, a, it has not been going Auburn's way uh, more often than not in conference play so far.
2: It hasn't, but this is a great weekend to turn around. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it really is. It's a great opportunity. The weather's going to be terrific. I'd expect pretty good crowds out there. This team knows what it needs to, you know, get done here. You know, uh, Mississippi State has been playing better, but they're still a team that can be beat.
1: Yeah, and, and and there's reason to believe that Auburn is benefiting from the experience of playing these kind of teams too. I mean, and and figuring. I mean, this is a when you have a team with several pieces that are new to the SEC, new to major conference college basketball. Uh, that that's. I I would expect those kind of players to have a better second half of the season than the first half of the season because they're uh, figuring out what what this conference is all about. And when you have, I mean, in other sports too, we see that teams that underwent a great deal of roster turnover and are trying to, you know, they're they're trying to build chemistry with a brand new group of guys – those are teams that tend to get better as the season goes on and tend to uh, get closer to realizing their potential because so much was new at the beginning of the season. Yep. You wonder if Auburn can uh, can start to congeal a little bit in the second half of the season uh, with, with some of those new pieces. And here's the thing. Auburn
2: 8.09 ERA in league play. That's 13th. But the 14th team in the league is the Mississippi State. They have a 9.58 ERA in 15 SEC games. I mean... Auburn's got a chance to score some runs this weekend.
1: It's reasonable based on the numbers to expect a run an inning by both teams.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, and, and Butch has talked a lot about the the team that has the biggest inning, you know, usually wins. Do so you, that's going to be important. Do, for you, do you score the game while you're watching
1: it? No. Okay,
2: I was going to say I, if you, I keep up with it online. We, we do you, like a a thread on our board.
1: Who so. in the who in, you, you want to name some names? Who who in the press box is scoring the game? Whether watches Caldwell. let Caldwell. has got stuff. No, <laughs> no Jason's got so. Jason's got other stuff to do. Um. The I was going to say if you were scoring it, bring like an extra, you know, bring an extra set of passes yeah, this weekend. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. One one run per inning.
2: I mean, I've scored before, but nowadays when you have the the stat broadcast stuff and everything right in front of you, you know, you don't necessarily need to do it by hand this, anymore.
1: This, uh, yeah, th- this this weekend. Could, I mean, every out's going to be valuable because when when two pitching staffs are giving up runs like that, and when these two teams can swing the bat, uh, th- it's going to be. It's it's a pivotal series for Auburn for a couple of reasons, and it's also, like you said, an opportunity to uh, begin the second half of conference play with uh, with, with, a, with a spark. Yep. Big opportunity this weekend. Who uh, who won those tickets again? Was it Lawrence? Lawrence, Lawrence won the, uh, the 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 Friday tickets. Congratulations to Lawrence. Still got a pair of Saturday tickets. If you'd like to go see Auburn and Mississippi State on Saturday, we have some tickets to give away uh, for uh, for that game. One pair to the next person who wants them. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Brian, you're you're a recent succession convert. Yes, I was leaning on you. I've been leaning on you for about a year to to get into succession yeah, before, a before season 4 starts and uh, and and I I would say the and a a bit of a, a, a slow start to season 4 I thought the first two episodes were were, were pacing uh you know they paced themselves a little bit uh, but the uh but, but these last two episodes now have been know. just absolute yeah. I mean just 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 atomic bombs right. yeah. of of television episodes, and I would encourage folks. If uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't. Wanna, I want to I be careful about. The, I don't know what the rules are oh, anymore yeah. about analysis like this. But just these these last I mean, two the shows were, out, right? Yeah. I mean, these, but these uh, last two have been yeah. just so good, and, and you know, and I'm not even a like speculate on what's going to happen because I'm I don't even know what, what's you know what, what's, what's what's next for the show or anything like that. I just um, I am. Yeah, I. I, I I would encourage folks to uh, I would encourage folks to check it out. I just hope Carrie found a ride ride back to her small apartment. Oh man, oh! Just, <laughs> I, I've, been, <laughs>
2: I've,
0: been,
1: I've been I've been telling people to watch out for Marsha since the show started. Right, and the, and there there was yeah, there's some she came back strong. Yeah, it's serious. Yeah, Marsha is back. She is, yeah. I love it. I love it. Three yeah. three four three two one. I have a one. prediction though. If I, we talk about what, office. No, what, what, do you, what, what do you Like who who you gonna end up? Yes, on? I do. I have a prediction. Yeah. All right, is it? Is it, uh, is it the egg? Are you are you back in? Are you back? Are you back in? Yeah, you, you, you got you got you got Greg the egg.
2: I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm not Greg. Sure. No, no, cousin no. Greg. Okay. Greg or, but Greg, he has well. been having some Greg can, Greg can come <laughs> away with this whole been thing. having some awkward moments. Silence, uh, lately.
1: sidling up to Marsha. I don't know. Greg uh, could be Greg. Greg could be. I don't fine. think
2: anybody is, is is
1: on Greg's team right now. I don't know. Greg. Yeah, that guy survives. Yeah. That is he's, is he's, yeah. he's, he's So survive. far. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We uh, we 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 had someone. Ryan won a pair of tickets to a Saturday's game, Auburn and Mississippi State. Tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna when we take a break, we will be back with some, uh, with with some more, uh, with, with some more drive. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back.
0: drive <laughs> the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at espnau.com
1: welcome back hour number two of the Thursday edition of the Drive Dan Peck in the studio Drew at the controls Brian Matthews from auburnsports.com hanging out with us on a fun Thursday afternoon gorgeous weather we've been having of late worried it could be uh, it could be a hot summer you know you know feel like feel like the conditions are ripe but we've had some very pleasant days and cool nights here lately and don't don't think there's a I don't think there's a high above, you know, the the low eighties. You know, the next.
2: Well, listen to the weekend high of seventy four Saturday, oh, yeah. seventy three Sunday. Yeah, beautiful time yes. to be at the ballpark.
1: Yeah, we don't have a uh, we don't have a high above. I mean, today's high is eighty four, so maybe they'll yeah. just warm up, you know, gradually as we as we get there. But I don't think there's another one above eighty. In the next ten days or so, so we could have a gorgeous close to April. Some rain in the forecast, I think, next week. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the yeah, the next the next couple days could be a really really nice weekend uh, on uh, on the plains and Auburn hosting baseball. Congratulations to Ryan, uh, who won the pair of tickets uh, we gave away in the previous segment. We joined, joined a couple other winners: Shane, Matthew, Lawrence have uh, have won tickets as well to uh, to Auburn. And Mississippi State this weekend. Brian wanted to ask about the uh, getting back to basketball uh, for a second. Uh, I know we, we were talking about Alan Flanagan earlier yes. and how one would expect an announcement in of of sometimes yeah. Something. I mean, in, in some fashion regarding even if it's a I'm coming back to Auburn announcement, right? Like I, I would think that would be, and, and I'm not I'm not. I'm not saying that folks are owed an explanation or anything like that, but I just think there's. I mean, once once Allen makes a decision, I, I don't see why he wouldn't go public with that decision. Whether it's he's coming back to Auburn or he's going to play college basketball somewhere else, or he's going to go, uh, he's going to go pro. But Allen is, he- is not well. He's not the only Flanagan. That you know, there, there's there's also Wes who has, has moved on to Miss. he moved on to Ole Miss and Auburn has a vacancy. We'll see what Auburn can do. With the uh, with, with with its assistant coach position in basketball, but uh, that that's that's something else that that could be, uh, you know, there could there could be news on that horizon uh, any anytime soon with with Auburn uh, looking for uh, looking to fill its uh, its its current college basketball opening. Yeah, and um, that
2: I think that's getting close to getting done there. I actually forgot who they interviewed.
1: <laughs> or oh, there, there there are a couple. Of, yeah, I, I think
2: they have at least one or two, but I, I don't have that in front of me at the moment, but. Yeah, I think they're getting close to getting that done there, and uh, I think you're going to see somebody come in that has some recruiting chops. Yeah, I was going to uh, say you'd,
1: you'd imagine they'd want that as early, done as early as possible with the portal open, because yeah. and and college basketball's portal is open for another month, uh, but players are making decisions by the day, and so yeah, especially if it's somebody uh, with a recruiting profile or somebody with connections to a player Auburn could want, like that to me is. Uh, that's that's something to watch for with with everything else moving on in college basketball with Auburn. Watching who ends up filling the vacant position on the coaching staff and whether or not that has any impact on the roster is something to see because that's uh, that, that's a, another development that I think. I mean, everything going on right now, the uh, the the uh, you know the the search to replace. Uh, West Flanagan on the Auburn coaching staff is something that uh, could be a uh, you know could could be an important uh, could be an important step too. We we talked at the beginning or earlier in the show. We mentioned that Jalen Williams and Jenei Broom are both in the NBA draft yes. but retaining their college basketball eligibility. Uh, I would uh, I, I would expect them both to come back. You were saying the same thing, Brian. But it's I think in general it's good policy to allow players to. Explore the NBA draft but come back to school if they want? Oh, I think that's
2: great. I mean, I think it's good for the players. It's good for the NBA. It's good for everybody involved as far as I know. I mean, it's tougher on the schools, I guess, because there's uncertainty there, but I think most of them have a good feeling about how it's going to work out. I think Auburn expects both those guys back and, you know, something could happen to change that, but right now, I think... um, you know Auburn could have a couple of very experienced and, and talented uh, guys starting at the four and five
1: yeah I get the sense and and I don't know Jalen as well i don't i don't uh, interact with people who, who know Jalen as much, but I, I get the feeling Janai really enjoying his time at Auburn had a great first year mm-hmm. uh, you know not not just as a basketball player but I think socially you know really really takes to uh, auburn's uh, passion for athletics and the uh, celebrity notoriety that comes with being a, a a star post for the Auburn men's basketball team, and, and so I could see why uh, Janai. Unless unless there's a great offer on the table coming from the pro ranks, I could see why Janai is open to playing another year of college basketball. And then with with Jalen, you know, it feels like feels like for several seasons there's been the question of what Jalen Williams is going to do next. But usually the best option on the board has been come back to Auburn and have another season and and improve on what you've done of late. Jalen's running out of chances to come back to Auburn and improve on on what he's done. Uh, this if he, if he comes back, he's got uh, this would be his final year of eligibility as, as a basketball player. and uh, for someone who yeah I, th- I think people talk about Jalen as you know a guy with pro potential and pro elements to his game. I don't know if it's prototypical NBA size, right? I think that's something that's kind of holding him back. Sure. Depending on what position you view him at, but this is, uh, you know, th- this is somebody who could, you know, it, there, there's there's something on the line for Jalen if he comes back and plays another year of college basketball because if, if he's going to if he's going to take the next step. This, this is the year he's got to do it. Like What, 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 what are your thoughts on Jalen's career and what, and what he needs to improve on if he comes back uh, to, to play another year at Auburn?
2: Well, I think Jalen's a very
1: dependable person on and off the court, right?
2: He's a guy that you can count on to be um, a good player and a good teammate and do things right the right way uh, during practice or, or, or going to class and such. So I think it's, it's important to have kids like that on your team. And I think he's gotten, you know, he's taken a step just about every year are getting better, right? Maybe not huge steps, but he's taking steps. And, you know, he is a four that can shoot the three, um, that can, you know, got some length to defend. Um, can, he's got that nice runner now inside, you know. He's got that quick little shot he can get off, you know, when he's a little bit closer to the rim. So I kind of like that development in his game. And um, the thing you want to see him take, you know, to the next level is just being a little bit more physical and more assertive player on, on the court, you know, and um, getting some tougher rebounds and being able to put the team on his shoulders uh, maybe a little bit more than he does right now. But, um, uh, you know, I like the way he's developed and I like the way he's always had a positive attitude and really uh, been a terrific team player.
1: What do you think Auburn is getting in Aiden Holloway? And and I guess I, I guess the the addition of that would be, what would you expect if Trey Donaldson saw more minutes than he did this past year? But but first of all, let's start with Aiden Holloway. What, what, what do you think Auburn's getting there? Uh, they're getting a
2: dynamic point guard that can do a lot of different things. You know, can shoot, drive, score, um, dish. I mean, he's and he's a guy that's really gotten better uh, over the last couple of years of high school and, and playing. Um, uh, and uh, well through the last couple of years. And, um, I I just think he's going to come in and, and be a really good college player pretty early in his career. And I think he's going to give Auburn better three point shooting from that position, from the point guard position. And then, you know, you talk about Trey, he, I think he made five threes in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think that was the most Auburn had on its team or at least at the guard position. So I think, um, you know, he's a guy that's really improved a lot. Uh, I, I would expect him to be a really good defender as a point guard. Um, Good shooter, and it's going to be a really good battle between him and um, Aiden for that starting job, I think.
1: Yeah, I like the four. I mean, we'll see what, what Auburn ends up doing, and, and like you were saying earlier, if they if they add to the options they've got at guard. But between Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, and Trey Donaldson, you've got three guys that, I mean, two of them are new to the team, and then Trey was a reserve for, for much of the season and, and had, had glimpses of... I mean, there are people towards the end of the season, Brian. I, I know we haven't really talked much about the bunker uh, today, but but I'm sure on the bunker there was the opinion of why aren't we seeing more Trey Donaldson uh, towards yeah. the end of the season, especially when the shooting touch yes. uh, came around. W- what do you think? Uh, you know, what do you, what do you think Trey needs to work on? What do you think? What do you think uh, folks could expect from a from a season where Trey Donaldson sees the floor a little bit more?
2: Well, I love the way he improved his three-point shooting. And, um, you know, we knew because he was such a great athlete coming out of high school, uh, also a really good football player, that there would be this, these steps that he would take. And he took that big step there. I think um, the big thing he can do, you know, during the off season, is continue uh, to work on his ball handling and his – dribble drive and his, you know, ability to read things and make the passes and be, you know, a quarterback of the offense, so to speak, right? Just be more involved in, in uh, making place for other other players on the, on the court, you know, being that guy that can, um, you know, get his shot, sure, but also help other guys uh, and deliver the ball where they can score from, too. So I think that's the next step in his development. And I, I just, I think some people, I see a lot of potential in Trey Donaldson. I think some people maybe not see as much as I do, but I think he can be a very, very good player for Auburn
1: yeah I mean I think that he was in a situation last year where an experienced point guard like Wendell Green, uh, who had been in the system uh already uh, was was going i mean it was going to be difficult to unseat uh, Wendell green uh, in, in in year one but you know i I wonder to say not to take nothing away from Wendell but but if Wendell had come back you know I, I think there would have been a real battle for minutes between Wendell and Aiden and Trey Donaldson, like I think that would you know, that's the way things seem to be trending towards the end of the year, and, and Wendell Green deciding to, uh, to to move on from college basketball instead. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to doubt. Tell you what, let's get to Yellowhammer before we All take right. the break. Yellowhammer, what's up? Hey, well,
2: uh, I was watching the NCAA basketball championship, which was won by Connecticut, and one thing that stood out to me was they had these two big bodies on the team that. Could scoop up all the rebounds, and they could block shots, and they could block. You know, I mean, you know, they they could do the things that you want them to do, and and there was not there was not that presence on the other team. And I'm almost wondering if you want to be up on that level, is that maybe the template? You have got to have those guys. I know we're talking about getting guards, but I mean, they they look very important just from rebounding. I mean, if you get a second shot on your miss, but the other team doesn't, that's huge. Yeah, I, I, and I don't think – I do think Auburn's missing a little physicality from its four and five positions. I think uh, Jani is a really skilled offensive player, and he's he's pretty good at blocking shots. But I don't think um, – I wouldn't call him or, or Jalen real physical players necessarily. Um, so is that, that
1: necessary, though? To well, what, is that, it completely
2: we? necessary? No, but I, it'd be nice to have. Well, that I type think of player I too. think
1: rebounding is absolutely necessary. However, you get it, and while Sonogo, uh, the you know the the probably the, the the post for UConn that got the most credit, the uh, uh, the the guy from Africa, um, he uh, Sonogo is you know he's a solid six eleven, you know two hundred and fifty pound, you know brick wall of a, of a post player, but UConn also, the UConn also gets rebounding from guards that are six, five, six, six, multiple perimeter players. And that's something, you know, if you're, if you're drawing contrast between the team that just won the national championship and what you've seen from Auburn the last couple of years, that's something that I know people have criticized too, is that Auburn's lack of size on the perimeter, not just cause it can hurt in rebounding. You know, if the other team's got six, five guards and you've got six, one guards, that, that could be a problem in any number of ways, Brian. And that, and that's something else. You know, I, I wonder if, um, if, if uh, you know if Bruce Pearl has adjusted, you know what, what he's looking for in the last few years. But yeah, I mean, I think I think rebounding is vitally important. And UConn was able to uh, UConn was able to really make use of its size on the perimeter too. Yeah, and uh,
2: I don't you know I don't think it's you know the most important thing for a Bruce Pearl thing. I think three point shooting, as we saw you know a few years ago when they made the run in the final four, that team uh, broke records with its three point shooting. Um, so that's what this team needs more than anything, right? Uh, but I, but I do I, I agree this team is a little you know maybe not as physical as you'd like and it's nice to have one of those dudes whether he's a four or five that can just muscle inside and get those tough rebounds and stuff like that. But.
1: M- moving from Wendell to another guard, I wonder if we will see the the pace of play change. I wonder if Bruce will like I, either with Trey or Aiden or whoever is tasked with with taking the ball up the floor. I wonder if Bruce wants to start playing faster, and and I wonder if. Uh, if if you know we'll see a return to the more up tempo and uh, and wide open style that, like you said, when when the when the Harper and Brown teams were at their best, right? It was wide open, lightning fast, yeah. taking a lot of shots, and 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 and, and pressuring on defense too. Yep. And I wonder if that, you know, I wonder if the, if, if Bruce is still uh, building teams with with those goals in mind. And and a Denver Jones feels like the kind of player that can play. Yeah. In, in that kind of system. He's
2: a, he's a great fit to what Auburn needs. They just need more of that, those type of players.
1: What else you got, Yellowhammer? Oh, that's it. Uh, thanks. All right, great, great stuff. Great, great hearing from Yellowhammer, as, as always. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more final segment coming up on the Thursday Drive.
0: Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334 321 1390 Toll-free at 888 382 7502 Or email the Drive at
1: ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. Thursday edition of the drive. Dan in the studio, Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron in Nashville. He'll be back on Monday. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com hanging out for the show. Second time this week we've been uh, we've we've been able to host uh, Brian in our studios. And Brian, I tell everybody about the great work you and everyone else are doing at AuburnSports.com.
2: Well, thank you, and we'll be covering baseball and softball over the weekend. We'll cover whatever happens in the portal for basketball and football. And of course, uh, basketball has a, a player here now—the um, Cheney kid from UAH, uh, Cheney Johnson. And I think uh, we'll probably get him, catch up with him tomorrow morning. Uh, so look for that at auburnsports.com dot com and um, you know anything else that might pop up.
1: Enjoying uh, in, enjoy the ballpark uh, this weekend. Hopefully weather uh, um, hopefully nice. weather cooperates there's and there's a chance of rain Saturday, but but all told uh, things uh, things should be absolutely beautiful uh, this weekend. And like you said, with uh, you know between now and graduation, I would expect just to, like a lot of life and a lot of energy around Auburn on the weekends. You know, kids that are uh, you know about about to about to say goodbye to Auburn or are trying to enjoy you know every last mm-hmm. day and and the the uh, the baseball crowds tend to be really good, you know this this time of year too. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping uh, we can get some uh, some great weather and some good crowds there at the ballpark. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have uh, Jacob. From, uh, from, from on the line in the, uh, in the studio, uh, tomorrow hanging out with us. So always enjoy. I, I don't get to, get to be on the air very much with, uh, with, with, Jake, with Jacob going. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. He's a, uh, he's a great guy and, uh, does, does a great job here on, on the line. So people should, uh, people should check that out if they get the chance right here on ESPN 1067. That's gonna mostly do it for us. I'm, uh, yeah I don't, I don't know brian i'm i'm looking forward to looking forward to baseball this weekend n f l draft always a great time next yep. weekend and there's like like you said with with cheney johnson around and and with other things swirling in the portal like they something could pop up any second any second yep. i mean it really Seven is nine. that you know so so it's yeah. uh yeah it's, it's great to uh it, it's great to talk to you and really appreciate you making some uh some some time for us we are we are just <laughs> you don't have to answer that <laughs> i mean you can find out yeah find out who's calling drew as, as we uh as, as as we wrap things up here on the uh, on the on the thursday edition of the drive but no it, it's it's a it 's a really really fun time of year and i 'm and I'm hoping things will uh, yeah, i 'm I'm hoping things are, are going to be able to because uh, I, I hate how a day was you know what I mean like that weekend was marred yeah, by, really was. by just, just some un, yeah just some some really brutal weather, so yeah looking forward to uh, uh, to, to what the weekend brings and, and maybe auburn baseball can uh, can turn it around with Need a series win back need, need a series win and and they, there have been glimmers uh, here or there, but but there 's a lot that uh, that needs to go right for Auburn and Mississippi state, like you said there 's one team. With a pitching staff struggling, that's a, that's the zipper on Brian's. I'm sorry, we just picked up on oh, Mike. I mic didn't there. Know it was going to. Well, I don't want people. I don't want people. It's our new sound effect. I don't want people wondering. Uh, so I don't want theater in the mind there. Whoops. So the Mississippi Mississippi State. That's a little bonus if you hung around for the entire show. Uh, Mississippi State. Is uh you know like like you said the one the one pitching staff struggling more than Auburn yes. in conference play. This is a chance. Two teams with ERAs over eight. Mm. Fifteen games into conference. If you play. like
2: offense, this is this oh is yeah. A and
1: I would say you know what, don't uh, you, you know if, if you're going to go to one of these games, maybe give yourself some time. I don't know if any of them are going to be over in two hours. Right, right? when Auburn,
2: No. Auburn is-